Hi everyone, welcome to Stop the Stigma, a podcast series created by nursing students Claire Barrett, Emma Lovejoy, and Keely Reardon. My name is Caitlin Wackrow, and today's episode will discuss disability on Villanova's campus. In this podcast, you will hear accounts from current Villanova students, as well as past and present faculty, discussing their experience with disability. Disability is not talked about enough. You are just like everybody else, and a disabled student is still a student. I feel like I'm more confident living with a disability now than I was back in high school or even prior. I think that's a great way to learn about people, learning through stories and storytelling. 19% of all undergraduate college students have a disability. These students often face barriers to access and participation on campus. Barriers include being unaware of campus resources, inadequate accommodations, and negative interactions with fellow students due to the stigma of disability. Research from the National Center for College Students with Disabilities showed that students with disabilities are less likely to feel welcome on campus or supported by their institution than students without disabilities. I decided to sit down with current Villanova students registered with the Office of Disability Services to discuss their experience as a college student with a disability. I'm a current freshman, double majoring in writing and rhetoric, and peace and justice, and triple minoring in humanities, ethics, and disability studies. I'm hoping to become an attorney. I sing with Minor Problem, one of Villanova's co-ed acapella groups. I'm on our ethics team, and I'm hoping to join mock trial and VSMT next year. Uh, I have an eye condition called Lieber's congenital amaurosis. People just call it LCA for short. Essentially, I have no depth perception, no peripheral vision, and I require very strong prescription glasses to see adequately. I'm a braille reader. I'm completely night blind. Um, So if I'm navigating at night, it's completely using my cane. I use my cane anyway for navigation, but like it's extremely important at night. I'm a freshman from Fairfield, Connecticut. I'm really involved in Level, the disability inclusion club here on campus, and I'm also involved in Blue Key very heavily. So I have spastic diplegia, a form of cerebral palsy. There are multiple types of cerebral palsy. Um, It affects different people differently. Um, So for me, it affects um, my right side more than my left. So that just means that I'm weaker on my right side than my left, and it also affects my gait slightly. I was diagnosed when I was three, and I've been learning to live with the disability ever since. I'm a junior computer science and statistics double major here at Villanova. So I'm involved with Level on campus. I'm heavily involved in in campus ministry as well. My faith is very important to me. And I also founded the sports analytics club here. And I actually have a physical disability um, that affects my legs. And it's it's a degenerative disorder as well that I was diagnosed with in my junior year of high school. And um, my legs to be really tight and stiff. I am a junior English major I'm here at Villanova. I am really involved in Level, which is our disability advocacy organization. I'm also in a co-ed frat. I'm an orientation counselor. I was diagnosed with hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome in high school, and that is a connective tissue disorder. And so when you have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, there's 14 different types. I have the most common type. For me, uh, I am affected in my joints a lot, and so my entire spine is weakened. So I have the spine of like a 60-year-old. I have no 
uh, curved to my spine and my neck has curved the opposite direction at this point and so that's like how EDS has mainly affected me which is through those um, the weakness in my in my spine. How has your disability played a role in your college experience? I think it has prompted me to come in a little skeptical because in my K-12 education, I was not accommodated to the extent that I needed to be. And I felt like I was always fighting tooth and nail for every little thing. And so I came to Villanova a little uncertain of my prospects. I came here skeptical, but hopeful and it has been nothing but a blessing to have come here. My accommodations have been amazing. I'm so used to teachers fighting against me, but here they're fighting alongside me for the same thing. I think it's also played a factor in like my identity too, because I have always been proud of who I am and proud of you know doing all I can to show that disability is not what defines me. And here at Villanova, I met other people with that similar philosophy, and that was a new experience too, because formerly any interaction I had with other disabled students was like once a year or completely virtual. So this was a new experience getting to have friends with disabilities, you know, fight with me, like, you know, fight alongside me for things every day. And because here having a disability isn't a trait that makes you pitied. It's a trait that makes you belong to this amazing, resilient community. I found out when I was here that I needed to have neck surgery and brain surgery. And so I left Villanova um, in the middle of my freshman year. And so that definitely affected me socially because I missed out on my freshman year. On top of it, it's it's been kind of an interesting experience to have a disability at a university that is so accepting of disabilities. Um, having a disability here is not something that was ever like something I felt I had to shy away from. It was something that I was very comfortable with. Um, and it actually like helped me find my voice and my path. And so even though, yes, I've missed classes and I missed a year of time physically on campus because of my disability. And even though like I have a disability placard in my car and like I do get weird stares occasionally and sometimes I'm in too much pain to go to class. Like those are all things that I'm dealing with that I think you would consider when you're thinking like generally what does it mean to have a disability on a college campus. Um, I've also seen like a lot of positive impacts in my life too because it's changed who I am as a person. It's given me a passion in life. My disability um, is a degenerative neuromuscular disorder that affects my legs and so it makes my legs really tight and uh, and so I end up having to get up uh, an extra hour early uh, in the morning every day in order to stretch out so that I can walk to class and walk around campus and things like that. It takes me a little bit of extra time to get to different places around Villanova's campus. In addition, it's very hard for me to talk uh, as I'm walking to walking places, and that's a lot of what, what people do here at Villanova as well. And a lot of things that college students do is they, uh, they get together with their friends and just go on walks and talk about things, but that's something I'm not really able to do. And so that's, uh, that's been a little bit difficult for me um, in terms of getting to know people and moving relationships along and things like that. And then uh, I also have a little bit of difficulty with the terrain, Villanova is a little bit hilly. And so 
Um, I sometimes have to take alternate routes, whether it's finding a route with a railing um, or um, getting someone whose hand I can hold or shoulder I can hold on to as I go down a hill, things like that. It sounds like having a disability has played a role in both the day-to-day activities and your college experience as a whole. How has Villanova met your expectations in terms of accommodations and resources provided for you? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of resources uh, offered here on Villanova's campus. They have an incredible Office of Disability Services that will work with you to provide accommodations, anything you need. Uh, one, of the, one of the big things that Villanova offers is the mobility shuttle, which you can basically uh, call through the Office of Disability Services whenever you need it, pretty much all day, um, for you to be able to get from one place to another. Um, the, the difficulty for me is that uh, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a different position. Uh, it's important for me to walk places and to get out, stretch my legs, use them a lot. Otherwise, they'll get really tight. So I haven't been able to take full advantage of those resources, even though they are offered. So uh, that's just a, a difficulty for me in particular with my uh, specific condition. The resources are incredible. The whole van system is something I totally was not expecting, but here it is ready for me to use if I need it. For instance, if it's raining outside or if it's heavily snowing and there's black ice and I fear for my safety, I can just get a ride. I think in terms of like other resources, it's just been great to have a lot of accessible websites be used. Uh, That's been great. A lot of my professors are very willing to send me their PowerPoints if I ask so that I don't have to frantically take notes and try to keep up. I think accessible documents are a nice little addition to the package. Uh, That's always been great. I mean, there are still areas that are a little bit difficult to navigate, but the cool thing about Villanova is they will always supplement whatever you're going through with an assist if need be, or like a way to navigate around it. You know, for me, the dining hall is pretty daunting because what they're offering changes pretty regularly. The Villanova menu does not stay up to date a lot of the time. And so I can't rely on it. So what I'll often do is use level hours where a student gets paired up with you for either an academic, social, or mealtime reason. And I will use that and, you know, go to dinner with somebody and then have a great conversation over dinner. Even if there's aspects of the campus life that are not accessible, we have people here that are wanting to help you and like make it the best it can be for you. It's exceeded my expectation right from the bat. I think we had our first conversation in January and we were able to talk about the different accommodations that I needed. Um, Anything that might come up during my time in college, whether that would mean another medical procedure or surgery. Um, So just knowing that I had that right away was really, really comforting. Again, I just, I feel as though Villanova was really, really helpful in letting me kind of figure out what worked best for myself. I was able to like truly hone into what I was looking forward to and what I wanted to make of my college experience. I'm able to use my accommodations not to make me feel any less, but to more empower myself. Thanks for the insight into the types of resources provided. What do you wish that people knew about having a disability as a college student? I wish that people knew that disability wasn't a bad thing. 
so something that I've struggled with a lot here at Villanova, um, and I don't think that it is has anything to do with Villanova. I think it has something to do with society as a whole is that um, disabilities are looked at in a very negative light. I, I've said things like I wouldn't get rid of my disability. Like I live with chronic pain 24-7, but I've adjusted to that. Um, that's It's made me who I am. Like I wouldn't be doing this work without having experienced that pain, which also means that I wouldn't know the people I know or be doing like, any of this. I wouldn't be sitting right here without having that pain. And so like the fact that a disability is not a bad thing, I think is very, a very difficult concept for people to understand. Just know that, uh, that, that it's tough and I want to be able to do the same things that you do, you know, even though I may not be able to do them. So uh, whatever way I can be included in anything uh, really makes me feel good. I wish that people knew that I'm just as human as everybody else. I'm just dealing with a different set of circumstances than they are. I think that that's something a lot of disabled students encounter. No matter how accessible a college campus is and no matter how inclusive your community is, there are still going to be those students and professors, for that matter, that say things that really offend you or hurt you or make assumptions that maybe aren't warranted or misguided. Imagine that your arm is broken, that it's permanently broken. You can't fix it. You have to go about life a little bit differently, adjusting to that new variable. But you yourself are not changed in terms of your cognitive functionality and your mental capacity for social interaction. But people think you are. People treat you as though you are. People treat you as though you're a little bit less intelligent, a little bit less socially capable. All you can do is try to illustrate to them through exposure and through positive messaging that you are just like everybody else and a disabled student is still a student and is qualified and capable and deserving of being here. In your responses, you all mentioned the stigma of disability. What steps can people take to become more educated on the topic and to help combat the stigma of disability on campus? I think one of the best educational tools when it comes to disability, well, honestly, there are two. Villanova does have a new disability studies minor, so I definitely encourage anyone who wants to pursue it in the educational route. I think there are also avenues you can take extracurricularly speaking, such as level, best buddies, special Olympics. There are things you can do in that sense, but also just exposure. You know, like if you see somebody like me or a student with cerebral palsy or an autistic student, if you see us, don't be afraid. I think fear is a common reaction. Like, oh my God, I got I to gotta get out of the way. Like, I got to get out of the way now. Like, I can't talk to this person. I don't know how to talk to this person. Like, we're okay. You know, we don't fight. And I think, you know, a lot of us would love to have a conversation with you about any questions you have. I would not be offended if somebody came up to me and said, hey, I'm not sure you're rude, but just, I'm so curious, like, how do you read a book? What accommodations do you use for that? You know, I would be happy to launch into an explanation about that. Um, and I think that's the way people learn, is through stories. Stories teach more than lectures ever can. I would say just talk to people. Um, don't be afraid to talk to people about their disabilities. Uh, ask them about their story. 
reach out to people who provide resources like Greg Hanna, who uh, assistant director of the Office of Disability Service. I'm really open to talking about my disability and I think many others with, uh, with disabilities are also very open to it, to sharing their stories. Everyone has a story, no matter who you are. Um, and uh, I, I think that's a great way to learn about people and learn about life in general is just uh, learning through stories and storytelling. Disability is not talked about enough in society, and that's why people think that it's a bad thing. Um, but just being willing to take that first step and join an organization, whether it's at Villanova and its level or it's somewhere else in your community or at your school that has something to do with disabilities, and you're just starting to be a part of that disability social justice fight or you're starting to interact with people with disabilities or you're picking up a book that is about disabilities or you're following a disability advocate on social media like just taking one little step one step at a time to uh, get more involved in this fight i think that you'll find that there are so many resources out there that are going to help you to kind of circle back advice just don't be afraid of it. Like it's, it's nothing to be afraid of. We're just people too. And, you know, I mean, for me, like I love Olivia Rodrigo. I have cake in my fridge. I love friends, the show. I binge watch it way too much. Like there are things about me that are totally normal. And like, that's because other than that one thing, I am a student. And I think that's something like people don't, don't often hear, but they should hear more. After talking with Villanova students, I sat down with Gregory Hanna, Assistant Director of the Office of Disability Services and Advisor to Student Organization Level. He provided some insight into the types of accommodations provided by his office. Most of the work that the office is doing goes above and beyond just the academic setting. We work with dining services to try to provide opportunities for students to be successful from a dining perspective, we also heavily work in the housing perspective for students who need all sorts of room accommodations. Um, we also work with public safety on our safety and security of campus. And then also just like our transportation to work with our students um, to get them around campus, all of our different colleges and advisors about scheduling you know, facilities on any kind of maintenance requests. So the office is one that most people aren't going to understand like the full extent of, of the contact points we may have in the course of a day. Um, but it's something that we really enjoy doing to be an area of support for how we can um, provide, like I said, that inclusive college experience to allow any student to, to thrive here at NOVA. Thanks so much for the insight into your office's day-to-day -day work. In addition to your role with the Office of Disability Services, you also serve as advisor to the Student Disability Advocacy Group, LEVEL. What is the mission behind this organization? So LEVEL was something that was an idea of a student, Ariana Meltzer-Brun, alongside myself and the Office of how to blend the typical able-bodied student experience with a college student here that is working with our office. So. In the beginning sense, level was something that was put together first and foremost to connect some of our students with each other so that students of all abilities can really see how similar each other are. Having a student that has CP, cerebral palsy, 
nonverbal, motorized wheelchair, full-time personal care attendant, and to have that student be a Villanovan and then want to share the same experiences with like the typical able-bodied college student who may not have had the exposure um, with a student with a disability with something at level first started to say, hey, this student might need a couple hours a day to help typing emails or to help copying notes or to help putting all of their stuff and getting it organized. And then we would have students that would like sign up and in their mind, they were thinking maybe first and foremost, they were like supporting a student, but then they would also see the more time they spent together, how similar they are. If they're in the same grade, if they're in the same classes, if they're interested in the same things, and then people start to see that, oh, it's really, there's not much difference besides just maybe what a student is managing on a day-to-day basis. The more experience and exposure we can have, the better off I think our community naturally will be. I think the more students that, that come here with the willingness to share their their stories and you know moments that maybe not so many people see, that if they're exposed to it, may embrace it, reflect on it, and then become more of an advocate moving forward for just people in general, even outside the community. After getting student and faculty perspectives, I decided to sit down with a professional in the field of disability research. Dr. Suzanne Smeltzer is an educator, author, and researcher committed to making healthcare accessible and equitable for people with disabilities. So, Dr. Smeltzer, can you discuss how you've seen the stigma of disability play out within healthcare? So, in terms of stigma, what are the what are the issues? Um, People who go into the healthcare professions come from greater society and bring into the healthcare disciplines and into their role all the beliefs and you know attitudes that society holds. I interviewed 14 healthcare providers who were known to do a good job of caring for women with physical disabilities. And I asked them um, about how they learned about the topic of disability and the interaction of disability and pregnancy. None of them had ever learned anything at all about it in their education and training. Last summer, I taught a a one elective uh, course on disability. And at the beginning, I asked the students why they were interested in taking this course. And some of the students said, well, we didn't learn very much about disability. It's not addressed in most nursing programs at all. Um, The same thing holds true with textbooks. We found that there's virtually no content in most textbooks um, about the topic of disability. And so, you know, what happens is that we end up with people graduating from their program with little knowledge, experience, or expertise. Again, another study that we did uh, asking faculty across the country, do you teach about disability? And if not, why not? Now, if people said they don't, you know, and their answer to why not usually was it's not very important. That's because people don't know how many folks with disability there are out there. That to me is really a very blatant example of stigma. Thank you for sharing your experience. What has been your biggest takeaway from your work within the field of disability research? There's a whole lot of work to be done. We have to put the topic of disability up front. And part of the reason for that is the size of the population of people with disabilities. There are 61 million people in the United States with disability. That makes this population the largest minority group in the country. Most people don't know that. Healthcare providers don't know that. It's a large number of people. It's a growing number of people. And 
we're all going to be there at some point in our lives. You know, every single one of us um, is going to have, you know, some form of a disability. And I think, you know, for myself, for my loved ones, for all of us, I want healthcare professionals to be able, you know, to be prepared to provide adequate care, not just adequate quality care to people with disabilities. And to me, that's a really important takeaway message. Um, it's, it's for everyone and everyone will benefit, you know, if we address the issues, you know, for people with disabilities. During our interviews, many students mentioned how despite the fact that they do not view their disability as a bad thing, society often views and talks about disability in a very negative way. Dr. Bialka, Associate Professor of Special Education here at Villanova, sat down with me to discuss how the language we use in our day-to-day conversations can contribute to the stigma of disability. So much of how we are socialized to think and talk about disability is negative. And one of the issues, I think, specifically related to disability, also recognizing that disability is an intersectional identity, that disability is visible, it's invisible, right? So you could have cerebral palsy, you could have depression, you could have anxiety. There's a whole host of different things. It's, um, it's not a monolith. So when we think about disability broadly within society, it's viewed as a negative. And people often use language, which you, know, you refer to as disability rhetoric, to promote messages about being disabled. And even when people think that they're promoting positive messages, such as saying that somebody with a disability is an inspiration, that actually just further separates out folks with disabilities. So one of the things I do talk about a lot is disability rhetoric. The idea that there are common rhetorics that we're socialized into, the inspirational being one of them, if you have a disability, you're an inspiration if you like brush your teeth. And then conversely, the other one is called, these are all from Rosemary Garland Thompson. She wrote a great article about it, but it's the sentimental. So the sentimental is basically saying, if you have a disability, your life sucks. So in both cases, people with disability are placed in the margins because of the language that's used around disability. But it's so pervasive that a lot of times people don't even realize that they're invoking these forms of rhetoric because it's everywhere. It's in advertising, right? It's in general conversation. So one of the things that I try to do is peel back the layers and show examples of how people with disabilities are positioned as other. They're not, they're not usually talked about as a person who is disabled. They have to kind of fall outside of the scope of things. The danger in disability rhetoric, especially with something like the inspirational rhetoric, which you're like, well, isn't it good to be an inspiration? The problem is if it's just inspiring because somebody is disabled, it's setting this um, this standard that you have to act non-disabled account. So a lot of times you'll hear language like, Krista overcame her disability to go to the science fair. Well, I didn't overcome a disability to go to the science fair. Like, it's coming along with me. Um, but it's, it's almost saying that you have to act non-disabled or seem non-disabled to count. So that's why rhetoric can be really problematic. One way that I think about kind of pushing back against that is, again, talking about a person like a person. It's okay to recognize that our world is not set up for people with disabilities, but what we try to avoid is language that separates. Thanks so much for sharing that. It is evident that there is a stigma surrounding disability. What can we do as individuals to become more educated on the topic of disability? 
there will be a number of different courses available through the Disability and Deaf Studies minor. So the first suggestion is just take advantage of the resources on campus, um, whether they're academic resources, whether it's talking to folks with, um, or talking to folks in Office of Disability Services, like Steve McWilliams or Greg Hanna, talking to folks in learning support services, um, like Nicole Subic. But more than anything, it's seeking the experts. And by expert, I mean somebody with a disability. Somebody who is disabled is ultimately the expert of their experience. They know what their lives have been like, and they know that the barriers that they encounter. And the other reason why it's really important to center the voices of disabled people is because they highlight things and they can highlight barriers that if you're not disabled, you might not even be aware of, which is a function of ability privilege. Um, something else I really recommend is following folks on Instagram or TikTok or whatever social media outlet you use. A lot of times disabled people's voices are left out of the mainstream. So that's also why like that's a benefit of social media is trying to seek out folks whose voices are not always included. And I guess the final recommendation that I have, a lot of times disabled perspectives are presented as white and straight. And as I mentioned earlier, that is not like disability is not a monolith. There are so many different experiences and all the identities that people bring into a space inform their experience of disability. So thinking about understanding the perspectives of people with multiply marginalized identities, um, especially people of color, um, people who are queer. Uh, I think that all of those, all of those perspectives are really important because they give insight into the very disability experience. I think the final piece that I would just say is be willing to mess up and be willing to be uncomfortable because we're not given the tools often to talk about disability and that sets us at a real disadvantage. And a lot of times we don't end up having conversations when these conversations need to happen. So be the person who's willing to have that conversation or push back against something that doesn't sit right with you, especially if you're in a position of privilege um, because that's gonna make a difference. I took the time to sit down with students and faculty, and it is clear that disability is nuanced, unique to each person, and most importantly, is not talked about enough. Villanova students are showing us that it is time to change the narrative surrounding disability. It's time to stop the stigma. This has been Stop the Stigma, brought to you by Villanova nursing student, Caitlin Wackrow at the Fitzpatrick College of Nursing, in conjunction with WXVU, The Roar.